and welcome to Sharing Real Hope. My name is Mike Hall. 99 and 44 one-hundredths percent pure. Have you ever heard that particular phrase before? If you've been around long enough and paid attention to any commercials on television or written advertisements you've either heard or seen it, it has to do with ivory soap. In 1895, Procter & Gamble, who owned the product Ivory Soap, created and began to use this slogan, Ivory Soap, 99 and 44 one-hundredths percent pure. Now, I can't uh, testify to the accuracy of that. I assume that it, that it is true, but it, it, by their own admission, they're not 100% pure. Well, I want to talk to you on this podcast about 100% purity. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 8, we have the sixth beatitude that's a part of the greater Sermon on the Mount. And that particular beatitude speaks to purity. Here's what it says. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, it's not soap we're talking about here. It is the heart. The heart. What is the heart? Well, the heart, in essence, is the inner person. It is the mind, the intellect. It is the soul, the emotions, the will. In other words, the heart is our thinker. It is our feeler. It is our chooser. It is who we really are on the inside. And I want to tell you, as I read the scriptures, many of them, I see that God takes the heart very seriously. Let's look at a couple of them and see the importance of the heart. All the way back in the Old Testament, in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7, uh, we're reminded that man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. We can look at someone and we can say, wow, what a great person. Wow, what a beautiful person. Wow, what a strong person, Uh, and so on and so forth. But God can look at that person, and God looks deeply into that person, into their heart, uh, into their inner person, and He sees what He sees there and what we cannot see. And so God says, man looks on the outward, but God looks on the heart. In Matthew chapter 12, verses 33 and 34, we can summarize it by saying right there in that passage, it says, Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. I used to say, as I preached along this line, I used to say, even though it's not anatomically correct, the tongue is directly connected to the heart. And there's a lot of truth to that. What a person speaks, you know, for a while they can, they can kind of fool us. But when we're around a person long enough and get them in a situation particularly where they're under pressure, uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Uh, the mouth reveals what is in the heart to some degree. Matthew chapter 15, verses 18 and 19 say this about the heart. But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, slander. These are the things which defile the man. 
And so Jesus was saying there that evil thoughts and actions originate in the heart. Do you see that God is saying the heart's important? And then just to to tie it all together, I go back to a verse that I've been familiar with now for many years in Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. And it says this, Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flow the springs of life. Wow, all the issues of life begin and flow out of the heart. All the issues of life. Do you see how important the heart is? And we are told that we are to watch over it. We're to guard the heart. Guard the heart. So God is helping us to see that that inner person, who we are on the inside, is of extreme importance to him. Now, as we look at this beatitude, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God, uh, we need to start by looking at the background for, for the beatitude, the context, the setting for, for the beatitude, who Jesus was talking to and what their situation was. And he's talking to, to the Jewish nation. And these people are burdened down by the religious leaders, uh, specifically and particularly the Pharisees. The Pharisees were an extremely conservative part of the religious society and the religious establishment, and they took the law of God and they added many, many amendments to it, extra things. Uh, They elaborated on it through all of these extra rules and regulations, and I read one place where there were like 622 of them. Now, how could anybody ever begin to remember even 1% 1% or 2% or 5% of that 622. So the people are always trying to boil them down to, to one. What what does one look like? <laughs> and, uh, uh, and could one summarize all of them, one or two? There was an incident in the Scriptures, recording the Scriptures, where a young man came and asked Jesus that. So you see, they were burdened down by all these religiously imposed outer rules, rules that dealt primarily with outer conduct. And Jesus, in this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, and even in this particular beatitude, He's addressing the hypocrisy of these religious leaders. You see, He made it clear elsewhere that their hearts were full of evil while the outside seemed to be good. In this situation, in this setting, as he's talking not only to his immediate followers, his disciples, but to that larger crowd that was there at the Sermon on the Mount listening to him, he says, blessed are the pure in heart, in heart. He's dealing with the inside, and that is a direct a direct confrontation to those religious leaders that were uh, putting such great emphasis on outer things. Uh, He's directly confronting them when he says the pure in heart. Now, what did he mean when he talked about pure? Well, a look at that word and the scriptures, uh, you could could, uh, define it this way. It means to be cleansed from, from filth and iniquity, to be free of sin. Now, that's a big one. And, and I'm going to explain that in just a moment, to be free of sin. You mean I can be free of sin? Well, there is a sense in which you can be free of sin uh, right now. And I'm going to talk about that. It means to be unmixed. To, in other words, to have, not to be going in two different directions or more directions, but to have a singleness of motive. In James chapter 4, 
uh, God addressed that where he says, you adulteresses, and he's talking to people not necessarily committing sexual immorality. And here's, here was what they were, adulteresses. Do you not know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? They were running around on God. They were trying to have a friendship with the world while with God. Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. They were trying to go in two different directions. And in James chapter 1, verse 6, it says, He must ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed back and forth by the wind. For that man should not expect to that he'll receive anything from the Lord being a double-minded man and unstable in all of his ways. And so that's exactly what was happening here. These Pharisees were double-minded. They were unstable. They were, they were not having a singleness of purpose seeking God, but rather they were seeking to be loved by men and, and uh, accepted by men and, and doing all the outward stuff, you know. They were putting on a good show outwardly, but inside their hearts were going in another direction. They, they were full of of evil. And so to be pure is to be free of that uh, duplicity, to be to be cleansed from filth and iniquity, and to be free of sin. Well, what does that mean? Well, there are two aspects of purity that I want to focus on. The first one is what we would call positional th- purity. Romans chapter 5 verse 19 uh, tells us that, that uh, we are made righteous by Almighty God. Um, for, for as through one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. That was Adam's disobedience. We all came into sin. Even so, through the obedience of the one, capital O, that would be Jesus, the many will be made righteous. You see, when we come to Jesus and we repent of our sins and we turn to Him, we are not only forgiven of our sins, sin is wiped away in God's eyes, but we are clothed with the righteousness of Christ. That makes us positionally pure, free of sin. You can't get into heaven with sin. I'm glad that all my sin was was paid for at the cross. And when when I trusted Christ, He came in and He made me sin-free in the eyes of God and He made me uh, righteous and perfect in the eyes of God. Now, my actions here do not always reflect my standing with God. And that brings up the second aspect of purity. That's practical purity. That's a day-to-day living. You see, I still live in this sin-tainted flesh. And I still live in this sin-tainted world. And I'm not free from the actual presence of sin yet. The power of sin's been broken in my life, but the presence is there. And I still face temptation. And I still fall to temptation and sin. Uh, But one day I will... Uh, be completely perfect in my behavior when I get to be with Jesus. Until then, I'm growing in righteousness. I'm growing in practical purity. And and a true believer is doing that. Uh, sometimes it's almost, that growth is almost imperceptible, but other times it's very obvious of the steps that are being made as, as we grow and mature in Christ and in our behavior. And God wants us to, to behave. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 7, 1 says, therefore, having these promises, the promises of God, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all defilement of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. God wants us to cleanse ourselves. In other words, He wants us to make right decisions that will help us to live righteous and holy lives, to turn our back on temptation, to turn our back on sin. Do we always do it perfectly in this world? Absolutely not. But blessed are the pure in heart. God sees the heart and He sees the desire to live right. Even though we don't always live up to it, God honors practical purity, the desire to be right. Well, 
What is the result of a pure heart? It says, Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. The pure in heart are first and foremost brought into a relationship with God and enjoy that full relationship with God. Uh, Psalm 24, verses 3 to 5. I don't have time to read it, but go there. Psalm 24, verses 3 to 5. Who's going to ascend the holy hill of God? Who is going to be in uh, in in uh, fellowship with God? Those that have uh, clean hands and a pure heart. But I love the future aspect of this too. Revelation chapter 21, verse 3 says... Uh, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and He will dwell among them, and they shall be His people, and God Himself will be among them. In the future, there will be that day in eternity when we will see God in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, the exalted Christ, and we will be with Him. The pure in heart will, in the future, see God as well. And that's uh, also what Jesus uh, had in mind here in this beautiful uh, sixth beatitude Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. And so, my beloved friend today, as you listen to this, I pray that first of all, you have that positional purity, that your sins have been forgiven, that you have been clothed in the righteousness of Christ. And I pray that on an ongoing basis, you are pursuing holiness, practical purity. You have a heart to live in a way that honors God. Well, until we study Beatitude number 7, On the next podcast, God bless. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sharing Real Hope. We hope that you were encouraged in your walk with Christ by what you heard. Please take a moment to email us with your questions, prayer requests, and comments. Our email address is sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Again, that's sharingrealhope at gmail.com. Or you can visit our website at sharingrealhope.org. Until next time, keep living in and sharing real hope.